Welcome back to MedMike, a weekly podcast dedicated to discussing the latest medical topics which affect you right in your own community. Your host, Mike Rodriguez, is a board-certified family physician in Ashburn, Virginia, who interviews experts in various fields of medicine to bring you up-to-date quickly on medical topics that you can use right away. Okay, welcome back to MedMike, and today we're going to talk about something that if you had to pick one topic that's going to prevent you from going to see the doctor, it's this topic today, and it's, you ready for it, colds. Yep, pretty simple, but it turns out that colds, also just otherwise known as the common cold, is the most common acute illness in the United States and in the industrialized world. This is the thing that's going to most likely bring you to the doctor. In fact, Adults get approximately two to four colds a year, and young children can get up to eight. In fact, the average gets about six uh, colds or upper respiratory infections a year. Now, these can happen at any time of the year, but particularly between September and May. This is the most common time, and so that's why we're talking about it today. So before we dig in deep here, it's really important that we understand all the symptoms that come along with the common cold. And it's really important to pay attention to these because this is going to help us to distinguish later between the common cold and some of these other things like the flu and sinus infections. You ready? Number one is nasal congestion. That is a stuffy nose. Number two is a runny nose. Number three, sore throat. Number four is cough. Number five is just generalized malaise, just feeling fatigued. And the last is possibly a low-grade fever, although not always. Colds are caused by viruses, and there are up to about 200 different types of viruses that can cause colds. The most common is the rhinovirus, but there are also others, the coronavirus and respiratory syncytial virus, among others. Certainly, rhinovirus is the most common and has been implicated in up to uh, 40% of all common colds. The common cold will last for about 7 to 10 days, and for those who are really into uh, statistics, 8 days is the median uh, duration of a cold. But sometimes these can last up to 20, 23 days or more. We typically say that by uh, 23 days, about 90% of all common colds have resolved. So one of the toughest things for a clinician to do is to distinguish between the common cold and other things such as allergies or flu or sinus infection. These are very similar symptoms, but let's kind of go through this a bit. So allergies, otherwise known as allergic rhinitis, uh, are not going to come with a fever. So if you have a fever, you can pretty much knock out allergies as being the cause. Whereas a common cold, you can't have a fever. How about the flu? Well, as it turns out, the flu is a very sudden onset. So one of the distinguishing factors about the common cold is that it's a fairly gradual onset. Strep throat typically does not come with a cough. So if you have a cough, strep throat is much, much less likely. As it turns out, a sinus infection has probably one of the most similar symptom profiles as a common cold. But here's the interesting part. While while people often think that uh, sinus infections need to be treated with antibiotics, turns out they don't because most sinus infections are actually caused by viruses. So as it turns out, if you have the symptoms of a common cold, again, nasal congestion, stuffy nose, runny nose, sore throat, cough, generalized fatigue, malaise, and a low-grade fever, very, very likely you're dealing with a virus and that an antibiotic will not be necessary. 
Now, the distinguishing factors we just talked about are not absolutes, and that's why uh, performing medicine or the uh, act of being a professional in the field of medicine is somewhat tricky. And uh, this isn't the only reason, but uh, certainly this, as simple as a common cold and as common as it is, is uh, something that's actually not so easy to distinguish 100%. Okay, so now we know what the symptoms are. We have somewhat of a sense as to some of the other things that uh, could be but really aren't the common cold, like allergies and sinus infection, etc. How do we go about preventing this in the first place? How do we make sure that we don't have this problem? Well, as it turns out, good hand hygiene is the single most effective and practical way to prevent upper respiratory infections in both children and adults. That is, aside from not hanging around other people, that's not always possible. So if you are around other people, you need to do more hand washing than than others. Washing hands several times a day for 15 to 30 seconds is typically recommended. And uh, regular soap is just as effective as antibacterial soap. And here's another interesting point. The use of a waterless hand sanitizer may be more effective than hand washing with soap. Uh, We're not saying it's completely uh, a substitute, but in many cases it is, and in some cases it may actually work better. So having a hand sanitizer is always a good idea. I'll tell you what I do. I always keep a hand sanitizer in my car, and if anybody gets in the car, and if anyone's ever ridden in the car with me before, they know they got to use the hand sanitizer. I'm pretty militant about it. But it it acts as a barrier between the outside environment and my home, and this is very important. You can do this too. Something else you can do is put an extra hand towel in your bathroom um, and change it regularly. And that way, when you have house guests come over, you're not communicating a virus uh, through the hands. Uh, Again, washing the hands, even if you don't need to, even if you make it a practice to wash your hands a couple of times a day extra, turns out that helps tremendously. Let's talk about what does not help Turns out that things like echinacea, uh, vitamin C, vitamin D really have very little, if any, uh, evidence to show that that they prevent colds from being uh, contracted. So you can use them, but there's no real guarantee that they're going to work, and there's very little data to substantiate their use in the first place. Well, we in the 21st century are not the only ones to be worried about uh, getting a cold and how to treat it. There are records going back as far as 1550 BC showing some remedies that had been documented by ancient Egyptians and uh, they called for supernatural powers for help and uh, as, it, as it turns out I guess actually that's probably as effective as antibiotics because as we all know antibiotics do not help the common cold so that was what they used to do ancient Romans also uh, were worried about colds as well And uh, one Roman philosopher was reported to uh, recommend that uh, people should kiss the mouse's hair muzzle as a cure for the common cold. We're not going to recommend that here today. So what does work? Well, ibuprofen is probably one of our biggest assets because ibuprofen will help with headache, ear pain, muscle pain, joint pain, sneezing, doesn't improve cough and cold duration or anything else like that, but it does reduce some of the pain-related aspects to colds. So ibuprofen can be very helpful, and ibuprofen has been shown to be slightly better than Tylenol. This is a good time to remind everyone that uh, this podcast is not designed to, to teach you how to treat yourself without the assistance or the direction of your 
clinical provider uh, such as a physician. However, uh, we are trying to give you some information and, and, and help you to be able to uh, be informed and be a good consumer of medical care. Ibuprofen is, in many cases, probably our, our best bet. It is, as I said, more effective than Tylenol. The second thing is decongestants, nasal decongestants, and that includes both the nasal sprays and the oral or pill form or liquid form decongestants are effective and they can help to relieve the nasal congestion. As we recall, that's one of the first symptoms. What are nasal decongestants? Well, Sudafed is probably the most well-known and there are a couple of different formulations of Sudafed. The generic names are phenylephrine and Sudafedrin. Um, and then there's also the topicals, the nasal sprays, which would be of the, the most common or one of the best known might be oxymetazoline. This is a, a, a medicine otherwise known as Afrin. This is a very strong medicine. And to be honest with you, I uh, got to tell you, you got to be careful with this medicine because um, it can only be used for a couple of days up to three days before you start having some rebound symptoms. So you have to be very careful using Afrin or oxymetazoline. Also, there are other formulations as well. We won't get into the uh, brand names necessarily here, but suffice it to say, in addition to ibuprofen and maybe some Tylenol, the decongestants are also helpful. What about nasal saline? Well, there is a very large trial that showed that children who use nasal saline six times a day have faster resolution of of some of their symptoms. I don't know about you, but six times a day just seems prohibitive. But we do know that nasal saline can be very helpful. You do have to be careful to make sure that the nasal saline you're using is not contaminated. So that is a very important aspect. There are some home remedy nasal preparations you can make at home using uh, uh, salt and water and maybe even a little bit of baking soda. But be careful. You have to make sure you know what you're doing. Consult your provider, uh, healthcare professional to make sure that uh, you are getting the right formulation if you're going to create such a thing at home. But nasal saline, in addition to decongestants and ibuprofen slash Tylenol, still quite helpful. All right, here's one that I found really interesting in my uh, search for uh, what actually works and, and looking at what the evidence shows us. Um, turns out that uh, application of ointment containing camphor, menthol, eucalyptus oils on the chest, these are some of these vapor rubs that are applied to the chest and neck, particularly for children at bedtime, can actually do some good. It does actually, against uh, placebo, improve nasal, decongest uh, nasal congestion and also reduce nighttime cough. So these uh, vapor rubs can apparently be very helpful according to evidence. Here's another one. Honey can be helpful. Now, very, very important. Very important that honey never be given to a child uh, less than 12 months of age. Again, honey should never be given to a child less than 12 months of age. And, um, you know, but, but it does look like for uh, older children uh, and uh, and adults, honey can be very helpful and it does reduce the frequency and severity of cough, particularly at nighttime. But again, do not ever give honey uh, to a child uh, less than 12 months of age. Let's talk a little bit about what does not work because this is just as important so you don't waste your time and money. Uh, first of all, let me just make it very clear, kissing the mouse's muzzle is not going to help you. Once again, mouse's muzzle will not help you. Um, equally ineffective are antibiotics. 
Personally, I might go for the mouse, uh, and that is not to harm any mice out there, but <laughs> antibiotics are not effective against the common cold. Here's another interesting one. Antiviral medications are not helpful either. So if you're taking antiviral medications for things like uh, shingles or against herpes simplex, cold sores, or for medication uh, that you might may have had for uh, influenza, that's not going to help you here. So medication uh, that is used for the flu, uh, antivirals, not going to work against the common cold. Antitussives, cough medicines like codeine, no more effective than placebo for cough. You're better off with honey. Some of the prescription strength cough medications, um, so even some of the opioids that are sometimes used, no more effective than placebo. You're better off with honey. Children should not be given these cough medicines at all. They do have risk, and certainly they don't offer any benefits, so uh, children should not be given cough medicines. That's not recommended. Next, intranasal steroids. How about things like Flonase, Fluticasone is the brand name, um, or Nasacort. Some of these other uh, nasal steroids, apparently they're not helpful at all for uh, the common cold. Three small trials showed uh, no evidence that uh, they relieved the symptoms. How about some other things that uh, don't seem to help? Again, we talk about prevention with echinacea, no benefit. Vitamin C, no benefit. Vitamin D, no benefit. Oral steroids like prednisone or some of these other uh, steroids that are used for other uh, conditions which include uh, cough of no benefit. Inhalers, no benefit unless the patient has asthma or some other reason for taking um, uh, using an inhaler. So uh, now, colds can uh, create worsening of asthmatic symptoms, in which case inhalers can be used. But inhalers just for the common cold, not helpful. Gee whiz, even steam is not apparently very helpful. Although we will say that dry air can make the nasal passages very dry and can make them more susceptible to colds. All right, so when do you need to see a doctor? Well, first of all, if you have any concerns, as always, consult your health professional if I haven't made that clear already. But symptoms lasting more than 10 days, you may want to kind of check in and see what's going on. Certainly, if anything is severe or unusual, you want to check in. Children under the age of three months, absolutely, any illness at all uh, really needs to be cleared with their uh, health professional. And certainly anyone who has high fever or is lethargic, you really need to call your health professional right away. Okay, that's a wrap. And what we're going to do is just really quickly review the things that do work. Ibuprofen and perhaps Tylenol nasal decongestants, nasal decongestants, that includes both the uh, oral and intranasal, uh, nasal saline, uh, the vapor rubs for the neck and chest, and honey. So these are the things that will help you, and most other things will not. Tincture of time may be your best asset. Once again, reminder to contact your health professional in the case of uh, any medical concerns, this podcast is designed completely just for information, not to diagnose or treat. Hope you all had as much fun as I did making this. And if you have any comments or concerns, questions, uh, or again, good jokes, please give a shout. Thanks for listening to MedMike. Don't forget to rate us if you have a few extra seconds. Have a great week.